God bless you. You may be seated. I like that song. He's the champion. Never been, never been defeated. Amen. How many of you will pray for Brother Nathan, Sister Judy Dixon, special prayer this week? Will you do that? Just hold them up in prayer. It's great to have all of you gathered together to worship the Lord. Sister Marilyn, Ron Smith, God bless you for being in the service today. We are so sorry for your loss. But it is a delight to have you worshiping the Lord with us this morning. Amen. And all of you that are gathered here, congratulations to those that were able to find a moose and bring it home. Remember all the tithe and belongs to the Lord. And uh, <laughs> amen. Amen. Um, last week we had some baptisms and Congratulations, Lowell Dixon. God bless you being in the house of the Lord. Could we give him a hand? And <laughs> Amen. And there were some others there downstairs this morning, some young people baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so this week came across something that I thought would be of special interest to you folks this morning. So I want to show you a little show you a little video clip that I think you'll I think you'll enjoy. is Sister Teresa DeMerchant, and she is in a nursing home in Texas, and I, I guess I had had it in my mind that um, there, there was, um, how do you say it, I, I guess I had heard that maybe uh, she was slipping a little bit uh, mentally, but she's 86 years old, and Sister Elsie, um, uh, McLaughlin, thank you. She she goes and, and travels two hours every I think every week, every other week. She goes and visits with Sister Teresa De Merchant in the nursing home, and she just recorded her. She don't sound like she's slipping a lot there, does she? <laughs> she was playing just a closer walk with the and um, and then that picture was probably one of the most recent pictures there. <clears throat> and so the Lord kind of touched my heart with that. That's a very recent video and, and very recent picture. And so on our, our communion table, we were going to get a card, but we just thought maybe you'd like to write her a note and just greet her, say something to her, and put your name there. And when... Uh, Sister Elsie goes back. She's going to take that, take this with her, and we're going to we're we're going to buy her some coffee crisp candy bars. I don't know what else to. <clears throat> we're trying to think of something Canadian to send to her, and uh, so we've narrowed it down. I think we're going to send her some coffee crisp candy bars. We're we're uh, we love Sister Demerchant. And uh, where she's at is not far from Beth and George, her daughter and son-in-law. And uh, but she's there, and it's important that she not feel forgotten. So, 
we're going to fill out this sheet of paper and write a note to her. And I thought you would, you would enjoy that today. Thank you to our, our sound team this morning, our worship team, the music, our live stream, and multimedia. Uh, it's an honor to, honor to serve the Lord. Would you stand this morning? <coughs> Pastor's setting of scriptures for this morning. Second Timothy two twenty three to twenty five. But foolishness and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach and patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. In Genesis chapter 19, verses 36 to 38. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father, and the firstborn bare a son, and called his name Moab. And the same is the father of the Moabites unto this day. And the younger, she also bore a son, and called his name Benami. And the same as the father of the children of Ammon unto this day. Let's pray together, church. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this presence that we feel in this place, God. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We pray an anointing today, God, upon the pastor. Lord, anoint our ears to hear your word, Lord. Let it settle in to our hearts today, Jesus, Lord, that we would hear it and we would take it and apply it, Lord God. Lord, have your way, God. And at the finish of this, we would give you the glory and the honor, Jesus, and the praise. Have your way today in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Amen. You can be seated. I, I don't know if the Sunday school's already gone. I think they have, but God bless our Sunday school teachers. Uh, just uh, something of interest. We had no... We had no question when we were not allowed to gather in, in service. There was no question about whether people were watching online or not. And uh, we knew. We knew that you were. We saw your feedback, saw you log in. And uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was great for what it, what it was, and I'm so thankful that we had it. Thank the Lord. Brother Dan Goodine, it's all because of you. You prompted that. The, when it first, when they first shut us down, we didn't know what we were going to do. And Brother Dan Goodine came up on the platform, and he was very moved. And he said, "Is there any way that you could broadcast these services? Because Wanda, it was the only only church that Wanda had." And I. <clears throat> And my, I've told my wife for years, I'm not going to become the internet preacher that gets made fun of and <clears throat> put weird music to my facial expressions and the World Wide Web laughs at me. <clears throat> um, anyway, how many of you have ever seen Brother Underwood baptizing that guy in Halifax? Have you seen that? I said, I'm not going to become the internet preacher that <clears throat> Brother Underwood was baptizing, <laughs> baptizing this guy. And uh, he put the guy under the water, and then the guy drug him under. <clears throat> and then Brother Underwood came back up out, and they got him back up out. <clears throat> and then back under again they went. And uh, I said, I am not going to become, I don't know, I think he put him back and forth under about four or five times. <laughs> Four or five times. I don't know, Brother Underwood thought, I'm going to die here, I'm going to die. Death is my next step. But from that, so that first service, we duct tape a microphone, uh, a, a, a cell phone to a mic stand, and that, that began my televangelism ministry. And it has progressed. <clears throat> but... Since we've been back, I've kind of not forgotten about our online viewership, but it does get a little bit out of my mind. But this week in particular, on four or five occasions, my wife and I have been confronted with people 
that have said to us, you have no idea what your online services mean to us. They mean to us. And uh, <clears throat> we were in Fredericton, and an individual came by. One time we were just in Costco, and somebody we didn't even know, I felt like a celebrity. They <clears throat> chased us all through Costco and were spying at us and looking at us, and I was getting nervous. And Finally, they said, it's really you, isn't it? I said, I don't know. <clears throat> but you're that preacher. And so, and then we were in Woodstock, and uh, I bumped into someone. I said, it's really good to see you. And they said, uh, they said, uh, you don't know it, but we see you every week. And it really touched my heart. And uh, I just got a text right now from somebody that said, we're homesick, but we're watching online. So anyway, I give credit to all you folks, your financial investment, and I, I'm so grateful. And if God can, if God can use it, then I want him to use it. And um, so I wanted to <clears throat> share that with you today. We don't know how far reaching, how far reaching this is going and, and uh, what, what all the work of the Lord is doing. Praise God. Would you lift your hands with me? I love you, Jesus. <clears throat> Lord, your power is here. Your presence is here. I rebuke cancer. I rebuke sickness. I declare healing, Lord. Touch bodies and minds and hearts today, Lord. Have your way in our midst, Jesus. I sense your presence, Lord, in a mighty way. Hallelujah. Touch those that are watching online this morning, Jesus. Let them feel your touch and your presence today. In Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. <clears throat> amen. I want to look into the word of the Lord here for just uh, a moment. Thank you, Brother Boyd, reading my scripture today. I don't know why <clears throat> the Lord lays things on our heart that he would, would like for us to share. And, and uh, I, don't, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know what's going on, but <clears throat> when... When the Lord lays something on your heart and you can't get away from it, you, you, just, have to, you just have to do it. You just, have to, you just have to share it. And it may not make any sense. I, <clears throat> I'm, not, uh, I'm not aiming at anybody today. I'm not gunning at anybody. I have no one, I have no one in my sights except the devil. I, <clears throat> I aim and fire at him every, every chance I get. And so... But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. The Lord drops it in your heart. And, okay, God, I'll say what you, you've laid on my heart. And so today, uh, with the help of the Lord, I want to talk to you about let go. <clears throat> Maybe I do. There. Thank you, Chrissy. Let go of contention. Would you say that with me? Let go of contention holding the rope and releasing it. Let go of contention. Everyone say contention. Say it again. Contention. Just saying the word tightens my chest. Just, oh, I just, I just feel that. You can look in, the, look in there and part of that word is tension. It's uh, <clears throat> tension. It just, you feel that tightness. How many this morning... Don't put your hand up. How many could are here today and you feel contentious? Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Nobody put their hand up. Good. <clears throat> Good. If you are, I rebuke that spirit in Jesus' name. Letting go of contention. Another word for contention is strife. <clears throat> it's strife. And so... In our scripture, uh, in our scripture reading, uh, we're to avoid foolish and unlearned questions because they just gender strife, the Bible says. The servant of the Lord, now we, we think about the servant of the Lord as 
pastors and ministers, but are we all servants of the Lord? We're all servants of the Lord. It's not, not just preachers, but, <clears throat> but all servants of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men. And then, uh, and then we read in Genesis, and it may seem unrelated, but I will tie it together here. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father, and the first bare a son, and his name was Moab, and this person became the father of the Moabites. And then <clears throat> her sister bare a son and called his name Ben-Ami, and he is the father of the Ammonites today. Now, I, I didn't give this verse of scripture, but I'd love for you to open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 17. Are you okay <clears throat> this morning if I just teach? Are you okay if I just teach? I, I know Sunday mornings I should stand on my head and keep you awake, but I, <clears throat> this, is, this is how it's on my heart, and so I'm just going to give it to you. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 14 in the King James Version says, The beginning of strife is as when one letteth out water. Therefore, <coughs> leave off contention before it is meddled with. Uh, so other versions of the Bible say, Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. So drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. The New Living Translation says, Starting a quarrel is like opening a floodgate. So stop it before a dispute breaks out. And that is pretty well standard <clears throat> amongst the Bible translations. Uh, the pulpit commentary says, A small rift in the bank of a reservoir of water if it's not immediately secured, as soon as it is large, it will get beyond control. And so, um, before it rushes out, he goes on to say, uh, he says, men ought to subdue anger at once before they become exasperated. Okay, strife. Strife. What is strife? Uh, strife is a uh, strife is defined as a bitter or violent conflict or dissension or an act of contention. It is an exertion for superiority, a vigorous conflict, a quarrel, competition or rivalry. It is the act of striving. Or competition. This is, what, this is what strife is. Everyone say strife. And so uh, the word of the Lord says in Proverbs, and, and the, Bible, the Bible does not talk positively about strife or contention. It, it, it does not speak well about this. Uh, and Proverbs says, A froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth friends. Proverbs 29 says, an angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious man aboundeth in transgression. Proverbs 28 says, uh, he that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife. Uh, the word of the Lord says to cast out the scorner, and when you do, contention will go out, and strife Shall, shall cease. This, this is some of the, how many of you are getting the sense that strife is a negative? It is not a positive. It is not something that's endearing to Christianity. It's, it's uh, Galatians, Galatians, how many of you are familiar with the works of the flesh? Are you familiar? Say amen if you're familiar with the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh are not good. Uh, the Bible talks about them, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, and strife. Strife 
And then goes on. Envy, murder, drunkenness. The works of the flesh. Strife is listed as equal with witchcraft and murder and drunkenness. Strife is right there as a work of the flesh that is on par with murder and drunkenness. It's a, it's a work of the flesh. Uh, the Bible says the Lord hates six things. And uh, one of those things that he hates is a, a proud look, a lying tongue, innocent bloodshed, wicked imaginations, and, and, and those that sow discord are listed in things that, that, that God hates. Now, again, I'm not gunning at anybody today. I don't, I don't even know of any strife that's in here. So I, I don't. And if I did, I'd be the last to find out, aren't we? We're always the last to find out. We're always the last to find out. So I, I have nothing on my heart, but the Lord directed me to this. And I'm like, Lord, those people, there's no strife in those people. They're, they're perfect beyond measure. <laughs> and, uh, and the Lord took my nose and put it right back there and said, I want you to talk about letting go of contention. So don't tar and feather the messenger today. The Bible goes on to say uh, that we are to speak evil of no man, that we're not to be brawlers, but gentle, uh, for we ourselves, we were sometimes foolish and disobedient. How many remember where the Lord brought you from? I remember. I, <clears throat> it's... And I can say where the Lord brought me from. It's, it's a work in progress. The Lord brings me from things every single day. I, have, I, I go to bed at night and I think, oh God, I cannot believe that I, I felt that way or thought that way or acted that way. Lord, you gotta, he's always delivering me. Uh, James, the, the pastor, the New Testament pastor, James said, if you have bitter envy and strife in your heart, glory not. That is not something that we are to glory in, that, uh, you know, it's not, a, it's not a feather in our hat that we're filled with contention. <laughs> I got a notch in my belt. I'm, I'm, I'm contentious all the time. James says, no, don't glory in that. Don't glory in that. Okay, so uh, everyone say amen. amen. Uh, so, so I read to you a scripture about the beginning of the Moabites and the Ammonites. Now, what's that got to do? What's that got to do with strife? Well, for one thing, we know from reading the Bible that the Ammonites and the Moabites were always at war with the Israelites. They, they were... They were the enemies of God's people. The enemies of God's people. And, uh, and, and, and all through, and still probably today, there's, there's contention between, between that. Uh, God, God was against the Moabites because they called on Balaam to curse God's people. And the Ammonites were always at strife with Israel as well. They plotted against Israel throughout their history. These were the, the Ammonites. And if you Google the Ammonites and research, you, you can see uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel, God told Ezekiel, set your face against the Ammonites. And then, uh, uh, oh my, it, just, and this, it was the same with the Moabites. And, and everyone say, praise the Lord, he's going quick. Judges, judges said, uh, the Lord hath delivered your enemies, the Moabites. So I, I think you get the picture that, that Ammonites and Moabites were a constant thorn in the flesh of God's people, the Israelites. And so what on earth does that have to do with, with contention? And so I've read to you from Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter 19, these were the... These were the daughters of Lot. 
And the first bare a son, and his name was Moab. And, and the second bare a son, and his name was Ben-Ami. And he was the father of the Ammonites. So the birth of these, these enemies of Israel came from Lot and a, uh, a perverted, sinful, incestuous situation where the daughters of Lot got Lot drunk and the result of that was the birth of the perpetual enemies of Israel. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That, uh, that this was the circumstance. Now, prior prior to Lot and this situation with his daughters and the birth of the enemies of Israel, Lot's wife turned and looked back and was turned into a pillar of salt. The last vision Lot had of his wife was her pining after the world. And she turned into a pillar of salt. What, uh, what is now widowed? What I meant to say was Lot is now widowed. Prior to that, prior to that, Lot went out of Zor and dwelt in a cave. He once was in the beautiful lush plains and, and he birthed the enemies of Israel, fathered the enemies of Israel. After his wife was turned into a pillar of salt and he was dwelling in a cave for fear. Prior to that, prior to that, Lot was in Sodom and the angels of the Lord went to deliver him from Sodom and it was so bad that the men of the city wanted the angels of the Lord and Lot said, here, take my girls, but leave this. What a progression of events. How terrible. He's fathered the enemies of Israel. He's living in a cave. He has, uh, he's a widower. His wife is into a pillar of salt. His, he's given away his girls and his family to try to appease wickedness and immorality. And, and uh, the Bible says the men of Sodom were wicked before the Lord. And, and God says, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abram says, oh God, would you spare the city? And, and he didn't. Uh, couldn't find enough righteous, but, but he at least got Lot out of the city. And, uh, and before that, there was division in, in Abraham's family. The Bible says, uh, the whole land is before thee. Separate thyself from me. I will take the left and you take the right. Abraham and Lot have to separate. Separate. You go one way, and I'll go the other. Now, as long as they sit on the left side of the church, and they sit on the right side of the church, we'll be fine. But ne'er in the twain shall we meet. I want them to go to heaven, but, uh, but, but that's about it. That's the truth. It's funny, I had, I had a conversation with someone this week and I had to tell them, I had to say, look, 
I'm not talking about you. So I, I thought this is already pre-sermon pre material. This is, I'm not, I'm not gunning at you. Division. Division. And so the Bible says that Lot chose all the plain of Jordan and they separated themselves one from another. But prior to that, <laughs> this is quite a chain of events. Prior to that, the Bible says that Abram went out of Egypt and all that he had and lot with him. And Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and gold. And Lot went with him and Lot, Lot uh, had flocks and herds and tents. They, they both had so much. Everyone say, blessed. blessed. Say it again, blessed. They both had so much stuff. The Bible says that the land was not able to bear them. God had blessed them with so much stuff. We have so The land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together for their substance was great so that they could not dwell together. And verse number seven. Uh, Chrissy, would you put this up for me? Genesis chapter 13 and verse number seven. Genesis chapter 13 and verse number seven. And there was what? Everyone say it with me. Strife. Say it again. Strife. Between the herdmen of Abrams and the herdmen of Lot. And Abraham said, Abram said, let there be no strife. Let there be no strife. So do you see what I'm saying here this morning? The birth of the enemies of Israel and Lot's being a widower his wife turning into salt, his living in a cave, his immoral perversion, his division all started with strife. Strife. It I'm going to tell you something today. It's not just, it is not, it is not just a small thing to say, I don't like someone. It's not a small matter to say, I, I don't, I, I, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm being harsh today, but you know, it's no small matter to be at strife with somebody. It's no small matter. Look, look, look at, look at where this, this went. Look at where this went. And uh, it's, it's no, it's not a small matter to say I, <clears throat> I, you know, Talk to the hand. That's what the kids say today. Talk to the hand. Do they still say that? You don't know either. You know, it's no small matter to say, you stay over there, I'm going to stay over here. And, and it's, 
It's no small, it's no small matter. Uh, it's no small matter to say, well, we just don't like each other or get along or uh, we have a personality conflict and I have them too with people. I, I have lots of people in my life that, that I want them to go to heaven, but that's about it. Is it all right for me to say that? Now, I know you folks don't feel that way about anybody, but I just have to tell you the truth about myself. But that's no small matter. It opens the door in our life for divisions and, and perversions, and, and it, it, it will foster things. It will it'll produce it will produce things that can turn into the very enemies of God. That little word called strife. And um, would, you, would you just pray with me right now? I, I just would like you to pray with me. Lord, help me right now, Jesus, to, to just... Minister, Lord, and touch the people, God, and to help your people. God, I'm not against the people, but I am coming against a spirit this morning, a spirit of strife. I come against if the enemy can get us to, to contentious, be contentious with each other, Lord. It will foster things. Jesus, I, I pray, I pray today, Lord, and I come against a spirit of contentious strife, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I just feel like something broke in the spirit. Would you just clap your hands with me? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Do you know that uh, the Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy, uh, the scripture says, How can I myself alone bear your cumbrance and your burden and your strife? Do you know it is a heavy load to bear somebody else's strife? Oh, it's it's cumbersome. Um, would, would somebody join with me and, and maybe have a moment of vulnerability and say, uh, admit that they're, they're, admit to the heaviness of being bound in strife. I, I know that feeling. I know that feeling. And Oh my, it is, it is one of the most wonderful things of the world to let go of that and, and to be free of that and, and oh, be able to breathe. And oh, I'm, I, but if the enemy can get our mind clouded and bound and burdened and heavy with, with strife, it, it's, it's a cumbersome weight that is almost unbearable. It's unbearable. Unbearable. It's, un, it's unbearable. Lord, set us free of that. Hallelujah. I come against any spirit of strife or contention that may be knocking at your door this morning. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Lord, deliver anybody that's bound in that this morning. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh. Isn't it awful? You see somebody walking down the street and, and they haven't said nothing to you. You just see them and your chest starts to tighten. Isn't that awful? Isn't that awful? It's just awful. I don't, I, I just, I don't, I've, I've lived with enough, I've lived with enough of that in my lifetime. I've lived, 
I can't even, I can't even hardly watch a show or anything anymore. <clears throat> because a lot of them, you know, it's about, uh, it's about a misunderstanding. It's about a misunderstanding. And the whole, the whole comedy, comedy, is built around a misunderstanding. I can't even watch them anymore. Do you know, <laughs> thank God, deliver the preacher from those shows. <laughs> do you know, do you know, do you know that uh, in my line of work, I deal with a little bit of tension? Just, there's just a, a, Brother Kenny, just a small measure. You, you, there's just a small measure of that. And we have come through tension on steroids with COVID. Sister Dorothy, it's great to have you in the house of the Lord this morning. We have come through tension on steroids. Everybody has been mad at everybody for three years. Isn't it the truth? I have been screamed at by doctors and lawyers and politicians and, and nurses and, and politicians and, and nurses and politicians. And I, <laughs> everybody has hated everybody. And, and, and get your mask on and take your mask off. And, 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 and I, don't, I, don't, I don't even want to go hunting anymore. I want to shoot nothing but maybe a partridge. I still want to eat it, but I, I don't know that I have it in my heart to shoot it. That's just, I'm, I have lived, I have lived with so much contention. And do I, do I even dare say that in my immaturity and in my carnality, the Bible calls it a work of the flesh, in my work of the flesh, maybe, I've even been contentious. You know, it's almost an addiction. You know that anger releases hormones into your system? Just, just like love and joy, it releases that same rush of endorphins, and people get high on that. I love that rush of anger. Boom! <sighs> That's what it does. And you know, we get addicted to that. And we, we develop, as humans, habitual habits of anger. And um, God can deliver us of that anger, but then we have to, we have to break the flesh that has, that has become our default. But it's cumbersome. Strife is a, strife is a heavy load. Strife is a heavy load. Most people, unless they're psychopaths or something, they don't, they don't want to live divided or contentious. Or most, most people just want to live and get along and laugh and eat and drink and be merry and, and have fun. And how many of you just want to live your life with peace and eat a good meal and keep your teeth and... and, uh, and uh, you know, that's on my mind. I had to go to the dentist this week and get my teeth clean. <laughs> years, years ago, years ago, the dentist asked me, he said, do you floss regularly? I said, yes. Twice a year, I never miss. <laughs> they still laugh about that. Someone was telling me the other day, he said, you know, we still chuckle over that. So they had, to, they had to define regularly as twice a day, not twice a year. Just most people just want to live and eat and work and retire and be happy. And, and then, but life, life brings things our way and, and uh, a spirit of strife will get a hold of us. And... Uh, we need, we need two things. We need to be delivered of that. 
because it is a, there is a spiritual influence with that. If the enemy can get us tied up in strife, he can help us to produce the enemies of God. And so there is a spiritual influence with that. But then, at the end of the day, we as human beings just need to make a choice. I'm going to let go of contention. And it doesn't matter how many endorphins it releases in my brain and how good it may make me feel in the moment, I'm going to let go of contention. I'm going to let go of it. So uh, I want to give you uh, three, three points here. Good morning, Brother Brewer. He seems to be affected by when I say I'm going to give my points. I... Uh, point number one. How do we let go of contention? How do I do that? How do I live that life so that I don't engage in every cross word or wind or emotion that comes my way? There are some individuals that are just, they're, they're just born with a, a, a natural fight, fight, fight. Fight. And they, they're ready. I know, I'm ready. Ooh, ooh, they pulled out in front of me. Ready. We're ready. We're ready. I appreciate you just letting me teach what the Lord has laid on my heart today. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10 that love covereth all sins. A few weeks ago we talked about how do we love. Number one key to letting go of contention is to, is to love, is to love. And I'm not talking about Hollywood love. I'm not talking about the warm fuzzies of love. I'm talking about Corinthians chapter 13 of love. Love thinketh no evil, beareth all things, hopeth all things, believeth all things, rejoiceth in truth and not in sin, I'm talking about that kind of love. The, the key, the key, the key to letting go of contention is a Corinthians chapter 13 version of love. Of love. Praise the Lord. For the past four months, I have read Corinthians 13, every single day. Every single day. <clears throat> because love covereth sins. Love covereth a multitude of sins. <clears throat> Are people still going to be contentious with you? Yes. Because they're not living with the Spirit of God. They're not following the Word of God. Yes, you're still going to be confronted. Every, every wind is going to blow by you. Every emotion, every word, every word. Someone said something, not to me, but about me, and I heard it and, and, uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, I didn't hear it secondhand. I heard it firsthand. And my first thought was, hmm, hmm. And then I said, let go of contention. Because that little in me, left unchecked, is like a dam of water that grows and grows. And I could eventually produce, produce the enemies of God. And you know, we do that. We'll plant seeds in other people. 
will plant seeds. So-and-so is a good person. Yeah, but you don't know them like I know them. And I want you to help me pray for them. And this is exactly what I would like you to pray for. Their rotten spirit. Their hatefulness. Their... Amen. But love covereth all sins. You just, you just let it go. You do it by love. Uh, don't raise your hand. How many have to have the last word? I'm not even opening my eyes. <laughs> I'm looking down. I'm going to take a drink of water. A sign of con a contentious spirit <laughs> is the last word. Even if you're walking away. I don't even have any examples. I'm trying to think of something. Even if you're walking away. Yeah, well, I'll get you someday. That, why do we have to have that last word? Why do we have to do that? And husbands and wives and parents and children and neighbors. What, what is it in us that has to have that? Um, and so love doesn't, anyway, it covers that. Okay, number, number two. Number two. Uh, he that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife, but he that putteth his trust in the Lord. The reason we have to have the last word is because we don't trust the Lord with the outcomes. We don't trust the Lord with the outcomes. It's true, isn't it? We... we we don't trust the Lord with the outcomes. And, and people are carrying so much stress. A lot of times the contentious, the, the, the contentious, the explosion has nothing to do with the issue at hand. It's more that I'm tired, I'm broke, I'm wore out, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to raise kids and family, and I, I have no extra time, and I have no money, and we're trying to make this work, and, and I'm, I'm sick, and... and uh, who was the preacher that, here that preached at convention and his favorite song was, I'm Just Wore Out? Who was that? McCool. Who said that? Yeah, Brother McCool, you saying, I'm just wore out. That is the testimony of the world today. We're just all wore out. And I can't tolerate somebody pulling in front of me when I'm wore out. But that's the truth, isn't it? There is a spirit of weariness over the world today. People are exhausted. People are exhausted. And we don't have time to trust the Lord for the outcomes. But the second way we let go of contention is the Lord will take care of this. I don't have to fight this battle. I, I, I've, got a, I've got a confession to make. Those of you that have hunted with me in the past, <clears throat> you know that I cannot go to the woods unless I have everything that I own for every possible potential outcome that may occur when I'm one hour away from home in the woods with a group of men. I got to have, I can't just have one knife, I got to have three knives. I can't have one leatherman, I got to have two leathermans because uh, two is one and one is none. If, if you only have one and you lose it, you have none. But if you have two and you lose one, you've got one. And a flashlight in every pocket. And, and, uh, and uh, I, I have a, a, a vest that I carry and I have pouches on the vest. A first aid kit and a first aid kit and a first aid kit. Because I may have to amputate my arm or something. And if I do, I want lots of sutures and... And I want lots of uh, uh, tourniquets, and I, I gotta, and I, I need emergency blankets because I may, in an hour from home with ten other guys, I may need an emergency blanket. They may leave me here overnight. 
So I have an emergency blanket in every pocket. And one guy looked at my vest and he said, do you have an exploding tent in there? Do you pull a button and, and a tent pops out? Is that what you have in there? Trusting in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord. I have gotten rid of every flashlight I own. I have thrown away. The town hates me. Because for the last three months, every day it's been five pails of garbage out there, me throwing away stuff for every eventuality, a prepper. I got I to gotta prep for the apocalypse. I got to have beans and water and, and rice and, and, and boots and hats and clothes and shoes and canned and MREs and meals and water and because, because, because the Lord can't take care of me. Trusting in the Lord. Now, if I go to the woods and they leave me there, Lord, here I am. If you want me to die, I'm dying. If you want me saved, send a helicopter my way. That's my new motto in life. Because I'm not going to lug all of this stuff. I'm going to trust in the Lord. A lot of times we don't let go of contention because we just don't trust God with the outcomes. All right. Um, the fourth, the third point I will say as I'm closing. Thank you. I hope this has been okay. I, this is just as the Lord has given it to me. I've just given it to you. I close with this. The Bible says it is an honor for a man to cease from strife. But every fool will be meddling. It is an honor. Other versions of the Bible say it's an honor to avoid strife. Avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. Avoiding strife is an honor for a person. Honor belongs to the person who ends a dispute. We're not raised that way. We're raised with stand up for yourself. Fight. Business is business. Christianity is Christianity. But I, I'm coming to you today and say the Bible also says the Lord will fight for you. You can trust the Lord with the outcomes. Now the Bible says, go to your brother. If there's an offense, go to your brother. I have found that this is often counterproductive because so often we go to our brother without a spirit of reconciliation. See, the Bible says, in a spirit of reconciliation, go to your brother. Most people don't go with a spirit of reconciliation. They go, they go still to state their case and and the division still stays. But what if, what if we started with letting go of the desire to be contentious? Not skipping to go to your brother. What if, what if we started with, Lord, I just want to let go of the desire to be contentious. You'd never have to go to your brother. You'd never have to go. If that, if that ire didn't get raised up in you and in me, we'd never have to go because there would never be an issue. One karate guy said, the best way to block a punch is to no be there. The best way to block a punch is to no be there. Just, just don't be there. Just withdraw yourself from it. Just withdraw it. God, God's going to take care of it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 11 says, And that ye study to be quiet, 
and to do your own business, to work with your own hands as we've commanded you. Commentaries say, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, to work with your hands. Another, strive earnestly to live quietly and attend to your own matters. I think the greatest way we let go of contention is just study on how to live a quiet life and to, and I'm not saying this ignorantly today, but to mind my own business. I'm just, I'm just going to mind my business. If they don't want to, if they want to be contentious, great. I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to be there. Would you stand? To be quiet means to avoid unrest, to live in peace. Worldly ambition excludes quietness and prompts restlessness. And so Paul was teaching the Thessalonians, be, am, be ambitious not to be ambitious. <laughs> so I speak against a spirit of strife today by telling the church telling you folks be ambitious to not be ambitious let it go everyone say let it go let go of feeling slighted let go of feeling offended just let go because it opens a floodgate that can eventually produce the enemies of God. The enemies of God. I've seen it, I've seen it run through churches. I've seen it run through families. I've seen it run through friendships. And it just creates enemies of God. Amen. Amen. Let go. Well, Brother Farrell, I need God to deliver me from that. We can do that in 30 seconds. We can do that in 30 seconds. You ready? I rebuke a spirit of contention and strife over each and every one of you based on the authority of the word of the Lord and in Jesus' name. I rebuke that and command it to go. There, every one of us are delivered from a spirit of contention. Now the trick is for you and I to break the habits of contention and, and feeling slighted and being sensitive and, and watching and feeling affronted. I have, I have nothing to fight for. I'm a child of God. Uh, life is in His hands. He's going to take care of me. You can act however you want. Husbands, husbands, don't be contentious with your wife. Wives, don't be contentious with your husbands. Everybody's carrying something. Go back to Corinthians. Okay. So as we dismiss this morning... Uh, I would love for you to come by and write Sister DeMerchant a note and put your name there. We're going to send it from Perth Andover and let her know she's loved. Amen. Uh, but I, I would like to do this by way of the altar, and I, I'm going to invite everybody to come. And, and don't, don't pray. Don't pray, Lord, deliver me from this because we've already been delivered. Pray and tell God, I am releasing I am letting go of a spirit of contention. I am doing that. You don't have to do that, Lord. I am doing that. I am letting go of that. I'm not going to carry contention. I'm not going to be contentious. I'm, I'm, I'm refusing and rejecting strife in my life. Uh, 
because I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to father, I am not going to father any enemies of God. I'm not going to do it in Jesus' name. All right, I invite you to come to the altar. Let's, let's do that by way of the altar, and then we're going to fill this, this uh, paper out. And God bless you today. God bless you this morning.